Hi, my name is Chris. I have a new life in Christ, and I'm recovering from fear of inadequacy, low self-worth, and pride, and I'm healing from past sexual abuse. Hey, guys, thanks for being here tonight. Uh, please pray with me. Father, thank you that you reign supreme. Thank you that you are in control of everything. Uh, Father, I pray that you would open ears, soften hearts, uh, that these words would be spoken by your spirit through me. Help me to get out of the way and uh, just let me be a vessel for your story to be shared and that people here, even if just one person would be impacted and, and would, would just want to know more about you. Father, may you be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. I grew up with my mother and younger sister as we lived all over California. My male parent had left before I was born, so I never had a dad to encourage, guide, and protect me growing up. Over the years and into high school, there would be many incidents of emotional, physical, and sexual abuse. The people who were supposed to protect me would betray trust and take what they wanted. Those who professed to love me wanted something for it. I can never understand how I was such a target. Over and over again, I was shown that my only worth was to satisfy others. Life repeatedly enforced the lie that I had little worth and deserved to be abandoned, used, and or rejected by everyone. And I believed the lies that my existence was unplanned, unwanted, and worthless. And as a result, shame and insecurity followed me around like a shadow. Little could I imagine the hidden scars that would continue to wreak havoc and damage into my 40s. My collection of meaningless tattoos and body piercings were outward evidence of my deep-rooted issues with self-worth. This battle with self-worth and disgust for the person in the mirror continued to worsen as the years, mistakes, and sins passed by. I sought to numb my pain through unhealthy relationships, always seeking the love I missed as a child. When my first marriage ended after six years, I immediately sought comfort by dating and jumping into new unhealthy relationships. I could not stand to be alone and found my, in, my significance in the affirmation of others. My lack of confidence led to passivity. I was clueless about manhood and what it meant to stand for anything, especially myself. A good income afforded me the opportunity to numb pain through purchasing whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted it, yet the pain and feelings of despair never went away. In my mind, I thought here would be uh, here would somehow be a fulfillment if someone in traffic admired what I was driving or riding. The cars I bought known just seemed to get the approval of those I would never even meet, and they never brought me joy. Solomon speaks about this in Ecclesiastes 2, 10 through 11. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind, nothing was gained under the sun. Like so many other purchases before it, the Blu-ray player I bought one year did not change my life as I foolishly believed and hoped it would. I hated the person looking back at me in the mirror. God began to start working to get my attention with a near-fatal car accident. My eyes were open, but it didn't take long for them to close again and for my attention to move back to my own foolish pursuits. Proverbs 27:17. Correction, 26.11 says, As a dog returns to his vomit, so fools repeat their folly. In my pursuit of attention and approval, I bought expensive clothes, regularly purchased cars and motorcycles, and anything else I thought would impress others and fill the void in my heart. Finding my way into Watermark in the fall of 2012, I gravitated toward the acceptance and sincere friendships that quickly developed. 
Through mutual friends, I soon met and began dating a woman who was different than anyone I had met before. I jumped into nearly every Bible study that was offered in an effort to learn about this God I kept hearing about. Regrettably, my motives were not entirely genuine. Because of my emotional state, codependency, and struggles, I was not in a place for an actual relationship. What I needed to do was take time to work on myself, heal, and mature. However, I believed this woman was going to change everything, and I could not let her get away. I never let her or anyone else know about the real me or the depravity in my mind and the sinful behavior I was engaged in regularly. Instead, I found that the story of my abusive childhood, along with the confession of acceptable sins, served as a great smokescreen to the slavery I fought to keep hidden. I habitually lied to deny any desire or use of pornography. When asked by my now wife or other men, my rehearsed reply was, no, porn isn't an issue for me. And when I would bring up the actual issues that consume me, such as getting ang angry in traffic. 1 John 1.6 says, If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. To be clear, the things I confessed were not lies. However, by denying or simply not sharing about my regular lustful use of pornography and the self-gratification that accompanied it, I became a slave and lied to everyone, including myself. Time after time, I assured myself that I could stop whenever I wanted to. Time after time, I assured myself this was the last time. But in reality, my secret pet sin had been well-fed and had grown into a raging lion that continuously devoured me. I knew it was wrong as I had studied God's word and on many occasions admonished and counseled other men about the same behaviors. My role in the church had grown from visitor to participant and to leader. I was regularly walking with and serving men as they walked through their own recovery. Paul writes in Titus 1.16, they claim to know God, but by their actions, they deny him. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for doing anything good. I did not know God and was hiding in the church. I did not have a relationship with Christ, and my hidden rebellion proved how disobedient and unfit I truly was. My fear of confession was greater than the, than the possibility of an eternity separated from my creator. My charade continued as I memorized scripture and devoted myself to becoming a smart sinner. But as we see him do throughout scripture, God pursued me. He, he kept poking me and the spirit convicted me through the bold confession of others. The guilt and shame of my addiction, the deceit and lies and betrayal against my wife weighed heavily on me. Psalm 32, three through four says, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. I was tired and weary from maintaining my deceit and burdened by my sin. Desperately, I wanted the rest that Jesus promised in Matthew eleven twenty eight when he says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. God finally captured my heart when I attended a Regeneration Leaders Retreat in 2016. There I met with another leader, confessed my hidden sins, and promised to confess to my wife in the coming days. As I moved forward in trusting Christ, not only in belief, but also in action, I shared everything with my wife. I experienced new freedom from the grip of hidden sin. And grace washed over me. 
1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Tremendous hurt was caused by my actions and there needed to be appropriate consequences for my sin. The next night I confessed to region leadership and stepped down from my role in Groundworks and started attending as a participant. Again, I was met with forgiveness and grace. My confession removed the heavy backpack I'd been carrying for several years. No longer burdened with the exhaustion from hiding destructive sin, I was freed to breathe and move forward in, in recovery. Because my focus needed to shift toward recovery, I changed how and where I spent my time. My social media accounts were either deleted or locked, and accountability software's software was installed on my phone and computer to help me, keep me from stumbling back to pornography. The time that I would be alone was planned out and shared with others for accountability. There were ongoing questions about what I had done and I needed to, be remain, I needed to remain humble in providing truthful answers to them. As my recovery began, I moved from Groundworks and into my closed group. For me, steps two, believe, and three, trust, were pivotal to beginning this journey. Nearly every morning started quietly at the dining room table with my Bible and step book open as I worked and listened for God's voice. My perspective of the world around me started to shift, started to change as, I, as God quietly began to replace the stone heart just as it says in Ezekiel 36:26. I will give you a new heart and put a new heart in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I had thought about my sin before, but nothing to the extent of creating a step four inventory. <clears throat> my inventory contained the deepest and darkest secrets that I had previously planned to take with me to the grave. However, <clears throat> however, in step five, confession, God used the confession of my inventory to shine a healing light on my worst depravity. The Lord continued to move into my heart and removed the guilt and shame I had been carrying. Satan could no longer accuse me of anything as I had already accused myself of everything and was washed by the blood of Christ. Working the steps was challenging at times because they can be hard. <laughs> Sitting in the mess that you've created as you wait for God to change your heart can be difficult, but trust that he is doing a mighty work in you. This trial will be a blessing. My region mentor introduced me to an, an amazing expression regarding conflict. Move towards the awkwardness. God has greatly increased my courage and desire to lovingly move toward another to begin the process of resolving a conflict. This has been so helpful in moving toward others I have hurt. Just over three years ago, on April 18th, 2016, I became a new creation in Christ. As I believed in my Lord and Savior for the very first time, it was then that I confessed, repented, and turned away from hidden sin that had kept me in shackles for decades. At that moment, I received the gift of grace and salvation that our Creator offers to us all. 
before Regen, I could never understand why it was so incredibly difficult for me to share the gospel or the hope I have in Christ with others. Looking back, the reason was obvious. I could not share something I did not have. But now, as I have seen God work and transform my heart and life, I am excited to share this story of grace with others. To sing from the mountaintop. Insuline, Insuline, my wife, the Lord gave to me a second gift, gave to me a gift only second to my salvation in Christ. It was almost immediately that my bride and I both discovered how my past sexual, my past childhood sexual abuse was now affecting me. We joined together in prayer to petition the Lord to give us the gift of intimacy that he had designed for marriage. In the first part of 2014, I attended MEND at Watermark Dallas. MEND is a healing ministry and step study for men who have experienced past sexual abuse. For the first time in my life, I began working through my sexually abusive past. The Lord has indeed been faithful to show me that the abuse was not my fault and it does not define who I am. My identity is in Christ and in him I have a perfect heavenly father. Through MEND, I have seen how God can use something so bad for good. Genesis 50 Verse 20 says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish <clears throat> the saving of many lives. Prior to starting my journey through recovery and regeneration, my wife only thought she knew who she was married to. Now my wife knows, fully knows her husband. We have experienced a merciful restoration in our marriage. And in October 2017, the day after we renewed our wedding vows, and entered into a new covenant. This one in which Celine knows who she is married to and myself as a believer and follower of Christ. Completing regeneration didn't make me perfect and sinless. However, the difference now is when I sin, I move toward confession and reconciliation of the relationship. As a selfish sinner I am, there are regular opportunities to move toward the awkwardness that I have caused in a relationship. During this three-year walk with the Lord, my heart is still being transformed and my mind continues to be renewed. While I still do wrong and sin on a daily basis, I know that he still loves me and sees, sees me as fearfully and wonderfully made. I am his adopted son and the Lord has spent these last three years showing me that he is the only father I need. I can find fulfillment through his grace and presence and I have, been, I have become a completely different man than I was before, and I'm truly thankful. Each day I have the opportunity and responsibility to show Christ to my wife and daughter in the way I love, pursue, and serve them. If this is your first night at Regeneration, I just want to say welcome. You're in a safe place. Um, I encourage you to continue to come here to wrestle with why God may have brought you here, uh, but keep coming. You know, trust that he will, he will finish the work that he has set before you. My name is Chris. I have a new life in Christ. Thank you for letting me share.